Hi, my name is Deb. I am a compulsive overeater in Anchorage, Alaska. Hi, everybody. Thank you for asking me to be the speaker today, and thank you for all, to all of you who um, take responsibility for making this meeting happen every week. Uh, this is my story and how I use the 12 steps of OA. One of the gifts of OA is that we all do it differently. I know I have always felt respected in doing what works for me and whether, uh, whether I'm in a secular meeting or a traditional meeting. The traditions of no crosstalk and anonymity and take what you need and leave the rest are brilliant and essential for me to keep coming back. Uh, the, my story, uh, the executive summary of my story is I have an OA version one and an OA version two. Uh, OA version one started 37 years ago when I was 29 years old. At that time, I had already been in therapy for several months and had come to the conclusion that if I could just lose 25 pounds, everything would be fine. Uh, I just couldn't seem to rally that click of willpower that I had been able to in the past. Um, it was my therapist that suggested OA. OA version one lasted uh, for over 10 years. There was a 25 year gap and OA version two started about a year ago. I was gaining weight beyond my acceptable limits and simply could not eat less. A longtime OA friend from version one told me about the Zoom meetings. Both times it was the desperation of not being able to control my weight that brought me back to OA meetings. It was my ego and my vanity that made me desperate. To me, being overweight was a public label, like wearing a t-shirt with big letters that said weak and failure and loser. In other words, a constant underlying sense of shame every time my clothes were too tight or every time I saw myself in a photo. My background is that food was my comfort from the beginning. I was a fat child. I was the youngest of four siblings and two cousins, all sort of growing up in a pack. My mom and her sister had six kids within five years. Our family gatherings with grandparents meant lots of food and alcohol and out of control behavior. There also was a lot of love and I did get that love of being the youngest. Um, I had a mild temperament among that pack of higher maintenance kids and consequently I often felt invisible. Being the youngest, I didn't quite understand things going on, but I did get the message that there were secrets and things to hide. I understood that my oldest brother playing with me sexually was something to hide. Wetting my pants was something to hide. I understood that being fat was something to be ashamed of. I was teased by boys in the neighborhood and in school. I was called fatty. And there was the boy who wrote in my seventh grade yearbook, two horse colon cut down on food. My mother had to take me to a special store for clothes called Chubbettes. Um, I looked up Chubbettes on the internet because I wasn't sure if I was remembering that right. And there, the ads, you know, they had ads uh, for Chubbettes and one of their taglines was, your chubby lass can be the belle of her class. 
And they even had a booklet called Pounds and Personality for the parents of a chubby girl. In junior high, when my home ec class was sewing a skirt, I had to buy a different pattern than the rest of the girls because the class pattern didn't have the size big enough for me. These are just some examples of the shame I felt in childhood. There's another speaker from this meeting who said if she had one word to describe her childhood, it was fear. My word would be shame. Not surprisingly, I was a very depressed and overweight teenager. My weight could swing 50 pounds at a time during these cycles. Like many of us, those years were the start of fasting and restrictive dieting. Fast forward to the end of my 20s when it seemed like my life fell apart. I was a divorced mother of a three-year-old. I had been a year in therapy and getting my life back on track and just needed to lose a few pounds and all would be well. I was 29 years old when I started OA version one. I lost weight and was quickly 13th step by a man in OA. Uh, for those of you who don't know, 13th stepping is when an experienced OA member um, hits on a newcomer. I was so messed up in my head about what was healthy in relationships then, I thought I should be flattered. Uh, last week at this meeting, one of another one of our uh, wonderful gay members said he had heard that OA meetings were a hotbed of lesbians, and he definitely wanted to be a part of that. So, well, that is true. It was the hotbed of lesbians 37 years ago who were so supportive and showed me what it was like to start loving myself as a big, strong woman. In those 10 plus years in OA, I had sponsors and sponsees. I went to meetings and retreats. I hosted a meeting for years. I was an AA big book thumper. I, uh, my big book was so used, it completely fell apart at the binding. Uh, I didn't have a well-defined higher power, but it was some benevolent being-like thing outside myself, somewhat like an imaginary friend. I was in OA version one through my 30s and into my 40s. In spite of a 25-year gap between version one and version two, I was a fundamentally changed person. And it was not a relapse. Having used the 12 steps and therapy, I had learned how not how to be honest, how diets don't work, how to listen without crosstalk, how to have personal boundaries, how to give service how to make amends, and I gained lifelong friends. My relationships with my family changed for the better. Essentially, I grew up in OA. My weight swings during that gap were maybe 10 pounds. That 10th step introspection stayed with me. I was into the Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, and I was into Pema Chodron's brand of Buddhism for years. Fast forward into my 60s and my body was changing and I was gaining weight again. And I could not cut down on food like that little fecker said in seventh grade. So last August, my friend told me about OA Zoom meetings and I started in September, almost a year ago now. I went to many random meetings with my video off and found the secular meetings through the special focus option on OA.org. It took me four months to find a sponsor. 
I had been waiting for the right person to put their name and number in the chat and say they were a sponsor. That never happened. It dawned on me one day to direct message people in the chat and ask if they sponsored. Two people said yes. I had a phone call with both of them and I picked one. She's not atheist or agnostic. We have a call once a week and that's perfect for me right now. I wasn't able to maintain abstinence until I had a sponsor and started working through the steps. I had a pink cloud phase of working the steps and losing weight and then settled into the deeper reason for being in a way. I use the 12 steps as a method to bring me back to my better self, to help me live in this world as the person I like, as a person I'm proud of, as a person I want to be. I've taken the essence of each step and rewritten them for me. The power greater than myself is life. In Deb's 12 steps, there are no concepts of asking or receiving or turning over my care to any personified entity. For me, that's a significant shift in responsibility and of growing up. I have 66 years of life experience. I know I am powerless over food over other people, over random events, and over my own persistent behaviors. I know I need help. I know no matter what happens, I'll be okay. I've lived through tragedies, and I've seen others live through tragedies. When I'm really struggling with something, I start back at step one and go through the steps with my sponsor. I've done this twice so far this year. I didn't think I had any amends to make after all that hard work in version one. The first time through the steps this year, lo and behold, I had an amends to make. The second time it was more about myself and I started to get it that being abstinent is an amends or a gift to myself. Today, when I'm struggling with a food craving, I don't look to examine my food. I go back to the steps. I don't weigh myself. I don't call in or text my daily food to someone. I don't count my days of abstinence. I ate healthy before coming back to OA, and yet what I eat has changed significantly in this past year. I'm at a healthy body weight. I can feel my body's strength. I'm able to walk and bike miles. A couple years ago, it was very painful for me to go upstairs. I didn't feel my body at all other than joint pain and fat. I truly thought this was what it was like getting older. I was heading down the rabbit hole toward one medical issue after another due to an overeating sedentary life. With all that said, I know my serenity is one day at a time is a one day at a time gift. Common struggles for me are feelings of resentment, envy, feeling lost or hopeless or helpless and feeling grief. Or there are times when I don't know what I'm feeling, but food is on my mind. That's what the tools are for, and I do use those tools. I call people and get a feeling of connection. I go to an early morning meeting almost every day. Writing helps me sort out what I'm feeling, and secular literature is fantastic. Above all, I go back to Deb's 12 steps. Step one through three sets the foundation. Steps four through nine show me what I need to change. 10 through 12 are always ongoing. I use whatever method works for me at, at a time and it's always with my sponsor. 
I've also changed the serenity prayer to a serenity reminder. I have the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. I have the courage to change the things I can, and I have the wisdom to know the difference. Lastly, I know all of what is working for me now may not work for me always. I also know that what works for me is only that, and I respect each of you who are finding what works for you. Thank you. Uh,